one of my favourite books is um, by Bill O'Hanlon, and it's got a great title. It says, Do One Thing Different. Do one thing different. So the one of the messages from the book is just do one thing well and consistently rather than trying to do lots of things all at once. You know, we're not really made to do kind of multitasking, you know, it'll lead to less impact. I like the image of throwing a stone into a pond and throwing any stone will create ripples of change. It's that commitment to starting change with one fundamental will create a dynamic of change with the others. Hello and a very warm welcome to Successful Student Transitions, a podcast hosted by me, Louise Wiles and Elizabeth Gillies. Our aim is to support you as you step out, find your new gear and thrive in the next stage of your life. Perhaps you're making a move to university, a year abroad, a work placement or out into the world of work. This podcast is for you. So here we are. We started this fundamental series way back in May. And we really hope you've enjoyed the journey as much as we have. Today, we pull it all together and ask you to do the same for yourself. We're inviting you to assess your wellbeing and take a wellbeing audit. We're asking what is contributing to your wellbeing and where would you like to focus now to enhance your wellbeing further? What pebble will you throw and how will it create positive ripples of wellbeing for you? Listen on to discover more. Hi to this um, podcast about bringing the fundamentals together, building uh, healthy habits in times of change. And in this podcast, we're going to bring the fundamentals that we've been talking about and we'll we'll discuss them through with you today um, that we've discussed in the previous podcast. And we want you to think about how you can use these to create and monitor a positive transition. So the good news is that times of change often provide opportunities to do something different and make some changes that you have felt are important. Times of change can put us under pressure and that can impact our well-being. But I think it's really helpful if we think of times of change as a two-sided coin. On one side, we've got the opportunity that change creates and provides for us, and that's about the possibility for growth and development, and within this context for growing and learning about our own well-being and changing and adjusting things to enhance our well-being. But it can also feel challenging at times, and that can impact on our well-being and how we're feeling about our well-being, and that's perfectly natural. So I think it's just helpful to have that, that sort of duality, if you like, in mind as we go through this podcast episode yeah i can imagine that image of that two-sided coin louise Mm. so in the previous podcast we introduced what we call these fundamentals the foundations that will help us change and we, we call them fundamentals and we introduced concepts and ideas often talking to people who knew some experts in 10 areas it was sleep movement eating healthily so about our nutrition rest, relationships, relationships in terms of connection and challenge, community, money matters, inner world, meaning and mattering in our organisation. Now, it might feel like a big list, but we're going to break that down for you today. And although we presented each in a separate podcast, they actually don't stand alone. They are all interlinked. So 
you can imagine that if your sleep's good, you're going to have the energy to be active. You'll be going to be in a good place to be sociable and look after yourself and keep on top of your workload. And eating well will fuel a healthy and focused inner world. If you're well rested, you're more able to take part in community and things beyond yourself and to make those relationships you want to. So these are the things that are going to fill your well-being bucket and also drain it. Now, we talked about that well-being bucket, another image in podcast 23. And it was, you know, imagine this bucket and it's got holes in it. Unfortunately, there are going to be drains from it. Um, And maybe there are drains that we can't really kind of influence in a great way, you know, the work that's set to be done, the timelines, the weather. Um, But there is also a tap into your well-being bucket, the things that you can do to fill it. Um, And so these fundamentals are things that are are going to be your bucket fillers. The other thing about the well-being bucket, it doesn't stand alone either in that There are other buckets around it, buckets that you might be filling or you might be draining and they might be filling and draining yours. So you're in a collective of buckets of everybody's well-being bucket. But today we're going to focus on yours. So given that these are the things that matter, the challenge is how, how are we going to keep all these 10 things up in the air? How are we going to kind of juggle these balls? How are we going to add these fundamentals to your bucket? And I th- we, we, we think that there are a few fundamentals that are at the core of thriving in times of change, when there are so many new things to do to adjust to a new way of life, which can be exhausting. And those were the ones that we talked, the fundamentals we introduced first, sleep, movement, eating well and rest. And we kind of view them as a bit like low hanging fruit. You know, if you do well in these areas, It'll provide a good, solid foundation to other areas. And of course, it will bring that dynamic. So we're going to ask you to work with us to create an audit. How well am I doing in building these healthy habits for this next transition? And we're not expecting you to ace everything, have perfect scores. We'd like you to answer the questions honestly so that you gain an insight into what's working well and what needs attention. So if you take a piece of paper and we'll go through each of the fundamentals and write it down and we'll describe it briefly in case you haven't listened, but to remind you again, if you have and rate yourself out of 10. So one is you're not doing so well in that area and 10 is doing well. And Louise and I would be surprised if you get some 10s at this kind of stage, but who knows? Um, So remember these fundamentals can change. Um, When you acknowledge that there might be something holding you back, you can make a commitment to change things for the better. So let's let's start with those fundamentals. Okay, so the first one is sleep. So we want you here to think about the priority that you give to sleep. Are you getting enough sleep to be productive the next day, most of the time? Okay, we recognise that there will be days when this slips, but generally are you getting enough sleep that you wake up and feel able to do what you need to do the next day. So rate that on a scale of one to 10. The next one is movement. In the podcast, when we talked about movement, we talked about the benefits of different kinds of physical 
activity and separating it a little bit from exercise. So it was about walking outside. It was about stretching. It was being active. Of course, it's, you know, maybe joining a gym and doing things, but it's not just about that. It's about the movement that you get from small micro movements, like a stretch at your desk. So rate the amount of movement you get in a typical day, 10 being a good amount, one not so good. Great. The next is eating healthily. So our nutrition expert, Rob, talked a lot about planning and cooking healthy meals on a budget. So we're wondering, how is this working out for you? So, okay, you might be in catered accommodation at university in your first year, um, but you're probably having to find lunch for yourself. So think about how you're, and the choices that you're making in that catered restaurant. Um, But then also if you're on your self-catering, think about how you're creating healthy meals for yourself. Hopefully three meals, um, breakfast, lunch and dinner. So think about your nutrition. Are you eating regularly and is what you're eating relatively healthy? Rest comes next. And we introduced the idea that there's lots of different kinds of rest. So do you notice when you're tired and it's not related to a lack of sleep? Do you need rest from being with lots of people, maybe especially in that freshers week or those kind of really compressed times? Are you overloaded sometimes with challenges? Does your body get tired? So how well can you find rest and help yourself feel restored? So 10 for I do that really well, one not so good. So the next one is relationships. So we had two podcasts on this topic in this series. We talked about the importance of making connections, often taking time and effort to create those connections and friendships. And then we also, in the second episode, talked about managing challenges in our friendships. So how would you rate your relationships overall on the scale of one to ten? We're moving on to community. How are you feeling about being connected and having a sense of belonging in this new place or a place that you've been for a little while? Are you starting to feel settled or do you feel settled? Like maybe you're kind of later in your first year or second or whatever. Do you know what's helping you? Are you able even to participate in a wider community yet? How would you rate yourself between one and ten? Money matters. So in the money episode, Alistair helped us to understand the importance of making choices about where you go to university, ways of gaining funds um, as a student, and then also about budgeting and also about how you're managing your finances. So at this point in time, how well do you think you are managing your finances on a scale of one to ten? inner world do you take time to notice your thoughts and the patterns of what your mind gets fixed on without being hijacked are you able to monitor and modify in a helpful way so know what's going on and make changes if it's not working for you um you know those things those kind of thoughts that get in your head like i'm worried i'm not going to make friends well there's are you able to say there's my mind my mind reminding me to connect with other people. How good are you at taking stock of how your mind is working and making changes to make it helpful for you? 
between one and 10. And then meaning and mattering. How aware are you of the things that provide meaning for what you do? So your interests, your passions, values, strengths and skills. Have you given that some thought? And do you do you find meaning in what you are now doing? And so employing those things in your everyday life. So where would you rate yourself in bringing meaning into your life on a scale of one to 10? And last but not least, organization. How well are you managing the differences in this setting, be it work or university? Demands from being there, about being self-motivated, about being more independent, about maybe working at a different pace, working with other people, taking care of yourself, with you know, with all the newness that that brings and where you are in that environment you're in. So how well are you doing at juggling all the organisation you have to do? Great. So you should now have a list with ratings beside it. So perhaps take a little while now, pause the podcast and have a little curious look and just ask yourself, you know, what seems to make sense to you? Are there any surprises? And try not to take a negatively critical look. So often that is the first way that we do look at things. We look for the lower scores and then start to, to ask ourselves, why have I been so bad in that area? That's not really the purpose of this at all. We're asking you to do this as an audit, to recognise where you are right now, recognising that you know, you're probably doing this during a period of change and transition. And that will have an impact on some of these scores quite naturally. So no beating yourself up. <laughs> Just look with interest and curiosity at the scores that you gave yourself and wonder, oh, what was I thinking as a reason for that score as I gave that score? So if you think about the scores that you gave, um, if you rated yourself well, so probably a six, a seven, eight, a nine, um, we would say was well, that's great. Um, you might want to just look at those scores and ask yourself, well, what is it that contributes to me doing well in that area? You know, what am I doing that's good? Um, that perhaps I want to celebrate in that area and want to note and continue. Um, there's usually room for some improvement as well. So you might ask yourself, okay, I'm not a 10. <laughs> we weren't expecting a lot of 10s, as we said at the beginning, but you might want to nudge it up one or two points. So you could just ask yourself, well, you know, what am I perhaps not, not doing that I could, or I could just adjust slightly in that area. If you're middling, say probably a, a four to six, ask yourself, well, where is the challenge here? Um, it might also be that actually it doesn't matter too much for you to you at the moment in that area, that there are other priorities, and that's quite right. We can't do everything at the right at the same time. So it might be that actually, no, that doesn't really matter to me right now. Um, I can come back to that another time, but just note that and note that as your reason. Um, think about how you're doing on the sleep, eating, rest and movement front, because as we said, these are the fundamental fundamentals and they're often the easy ones to focus on first to actually gain something and make some fairly quick changes to our level of well-being if we're feeling our well-being is slightly off. So, for example, if you're not sleeping well and you're not eating regularly, or particularly healthily, that can all combine to influence your mood 
an emotional response to things. And so you may be thinking, oh, I'm lacking in energy and things like they're a real effort and oh dear, is this really the right thing for me? Um, well, before you actually make those kind of judgments, note, note the lack of sleep, note the perhaps not so healthy eating and the lack of movement and try and rectify those for a few weeks and see how your mood and emotions change. And if they do, then you've probably found a solution there. Um, if they don't, then obviously it's time to then ask some different questions. Um, go to your inner world and, and monitor what's going on there. What's helping you in the better ratings, if it's a better rating there? What are you doing? Um, you know, and think about things from the past, you know, previous skills, strengths, um, support from your environment and from others around you and ask how those are contributing to how you feel and how you're thinking in your inner world. Um, and the middling ratings, um, you know, that really means that you're getting there. So just ask yourself, what's helping me here? Um, be curious and wonder what it is that you can do more of. And then the lower ratings, um, this might have been a common pattern that you've experienced in the past. And as I said, it might be an area that you're not so worried about, um, but it might be new to this situation and therefore worth considering and thinking about why that might be a low score, or how much that matters and whether you want to make a change. And your mind, because we have a problem-solving mind, we want to acknowledge that, you know, we often want to kind of make sense of things and do things about them. So when you have a look at the ratings, you're likely going to be thinking, oh, I need to be doing this or I need to be doing that, or goodness, like Louise was saying, oh, I'm not doing enough of this, or I'm I dreadful at that. So you'll be starting to think about having done an audit like this, what are you going to do next? And we'd ask you to go slowly at this pace, at this place. One of my favourite books is um, by Bill O'Hanlon, and it's got a great title. It says, Do One Thing Different. Do one thing different. So the one of the messages from the book is just do one thing well and consistently, rather than trying to do lots of things all at once. You know, we're not really made to do kind of multitasking, you know, it'll lead to less impact. I like the image of throwing a stone into a pond and throwing any stone will create ripples of change. It's, it's that commitment to starting change with one fundamental will create a dynamic of change with the others. So it might be worth starting with sleep or movement or eating well or rest if you can in those areas because that might bring an even bigger dynamic of change. Louise, have you got any kind of fundamentals that you're working on at the moment, especially those, those as we would call the, the fundamental fundamentals? Yeah, I think um, sleep's one, because I just noticed how much of a difference that makes to me when I have a good night's sleep. So I am quite conscious at the moment of getting myself to bed and I and knowing when I sleep my best and I'm not a late morning sleeper. So I really need to get my sleep near in the at night uh, before midnight, really, so that I can then get up at seven o'clock in the morning. So um, that's important. The other area is healthy eating. Um, I know that I eat relatively healthy 
for breakfast and, and dinner but I often skip lunch and that has a knock-on effect for me because then I eat all kinds of awful stuff at four or five o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> just snack. So um, that's something I'm conscious of needing to focus on too. Yeah. How about you, Elizabeth? Uh, uh, well, sleep is one of mine too. And and I think it's been a holiday period. So I've been, I've had different, been staying in different places, different hotels, different friends, houses and stuff. And you know, in your own environment, you can kind of control that. You can do all that sleep hygiene stuff. So one of the things that I've been using recently, and actually we didn't, I don't think we put it on our tips to going to university, but it might be a good one. I've been wearing an eye mask just to make sure that it's really dark mm-hmm. when I'm going to bed. And that, you know, that does make a huge change in, in my sleep. Oh. Um because sometimes if you're in a hotel or something, they don't have, you know, yeah. there's, no, there's no blinds or something. So that makes a, makes a difference. And, and another of my fundamentals is the movement one at the moment. So I'm kind of knowing um, we're recording this as the summer's ending. So I'm trying to make the most of mornings out and getting outside in the morning, getting my morning light, which is likely also going to help me with my sleep later in the day, I'm hoping. So Absolutely, I've got some yeah. goals as well that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, to bring some real change, write down your goal, like Louise and I have done. Try to make it clear and achievable, something you can monitor. Have your goal written where you can see it. Um, uh, so it might be something like, you know, have five days of 10,000 steps or you know, make a plan for meals and food shopping on a on a Sunday. That kind of helps, yeah. doesn't it, Louise? Yeah. And I'd also say um, making sure it's something that you really want to do rather yeah. than, um, yeah, something you feel you should do. Um, should tend not to work in my experience particularly well. So. So, so you've got some motivation there to do it, yeah. And it's often good to share your goal with a supportive friend or even buddy up with someone to do it. You know, if you're cooking and eating well with somebody else, that could be a good thing. Or if you're out walking with somebody else or if you're studying with somebody else and you're organized together with somebody else, those things can really help. You know, imagine yourself achieving what you set out to achieve. You know, it's a great image. You know, we're, we kind of like our images, our well-being buckets and things. But imagine there you are kind of getting your good night's sleep um, before, you, you know, going on to bed. Um, think about maybe what might get in the way as well and plan for that. So, you know, if you're if Louise is sort of is getting to bed early at night, you know, if if somebody calls, do you take that call or somebody contacts you? Do you answer that email late at night? And maybe even a reward if you're doing well. I know that's something that works for me when I'm setting myself some goals. So continue to, we've used these words a couple of times, monitor and modify when things are going well to stay on the course. And what's what's the lovely thing that you talk about as well, Louise? That act- Yeah, so if you've got a triangle, imagine a triangle, so draw yourself a triangle. And so on the apex, act. So that's the action that you've, plan to take that's you set your goal and you decide to write this is what I'm going to do and you write down what you're going to do and then on the next corner as you go round, if you're going clockwise you write assess so that's where having done whatever you said you're going to do for a week or so 
you then think, okay, well, how is it going? What's gone well? Where did I struggle? And what did I learn about myself and about you know, what I'm asking myself to do? And then the final A, so there's three A's, is adjust, adjust on the next apex. And that is, next corner, sorry. And that is, if necessary, um, only. Obviously, you don't need to adjust if everything's going fine. But if it's not, then, yeah, don't just give up. Decide what you could change um, to to make it more effective and try that for another while. And then, then monitor and modify using the three A's again at some point in the future. I like that too. And it's the notion that we're all learning to do these things. We're all learning to be more productive and look after ourselves better and, you know, to, to do the things that we want to do. And, you know, we know that there'll be stress periods. So there'll be stress periods like, you know, settling into university or exam time. So you might, that might be a time that you'll need to monitor, you know, that well and, you know, adjust it. So for exam period, you might have to plan for more batch cooking or something like that, that Rob had talked to us about in the nutrition one. So these positive changes um, come with having a clear direction, commitment to it, um, being motivated, as Louise said, expecting small changes. You're not going to change things dramatically and over overnight, but making small changes, that pebble in the pond will have ripples. Being compassionate to yourself if you slip up, tomorrow's another day. What else brings about positive change, Louise? Yes, I think also learning from the experience. So those three A's that we just talked about, access, so act, assess, and then adjust. But also, I think ask yourself who you need to be to do this successfully. So, so set yourself some ideas around who this person is who's doing the activity so if for example you're aiming for these 10,000 steps and perhaps it's about being energetic and um, getting out there um, with some determination um, if it's about doing something new that might require you to be a bit courageous so just think about those words that um, help describe who you need to be in order to carry out your and work towards your goal so in um, episode 22, we talked about a PERMA framework, um, first described by Dr. Martin Seligman in his book, Flourish, which is all about sort of developing well-being and, and how to flourish in life. So I just want to quickly nip through PERMA just to remind you of the elements of PERMA and, and to feed really in what we've just been talking about, the fundamentals in, into this framework and how the two can connect and, and, and feed on, and build on each other. So PARMA is an, a mnemonic with six different elements. So the first letter in PARMA is P. P stands for positive emotions. So people who rate themselves as thriving and flourishing in life tend to experience more positive emotions than those who don't. <laughs> um, and so there's no net definitive ratio of positive to negative emotions. And this totally recognises that we all have negative emotions that are part of life. We're not saying at all that you need to eliminate negative emotions. I want to be really clear about that. There are some that aren't so helpful, but that's a subject for another day. Um, but the key point here is to say we're not telling you to stop thinking negatively. What we are talking about is creating experiences 
where you can generate positive emotions for yourself or experiences that generate positive emotions. So thinking about back to the fundamentals, you can think about movement, you know, being out exercising and walking. We know that that creates the endorphin rush that then helps us to feel more positive in life and experiences positive emotions. Having lots of friends and going out and meeting friends for coffee, socialising does the same. And sort of organisation, you know, when we get work organised and get it done, we don't procrastinate, then that often feels good too. So we're creating those experiences that then generate positive emotions. Then the E stands for engagement. And when we're engaged in what we're doing and enjoying it, then we enhance our level of well-being, create positive emotions as well. So, you know, organisation and thinking about your inner world, you know, do you understand what your strengths and skills are and do you regularly aim to use them in your activities and work? That's really beneficial because that often can help us work towards the state of flow, which is one aspect of engagement and feeling well and having a higher sense of well-being. Then relationships in any new situation there's a bit of a challenge around this, obviously, as we develop new relationships, it can take time. But getting involved in activities that interest you, building those social connections helps to build friendships over time and, and to build the positive outcome from those healthy relationships that then contributes to your well-being. Um, also remember to draw and support from families and friends back home, you know, old connections too. Don't just rule those out, you know, they're still part of your world involved in too. Meaning, so we talked about meaning as a fundamental as well, as the same with relationships, but meaning is really important. It's really important that we understand that when we have a sense of meaning and that we have a sense of what matters to us and that we matter to others in, in our worlds, then that contributes a vital element to our well-being toolbox. So having clarity about our why, why for doing what we're doing. So the bigger question about why you're doing what you're doing now, why you're at university, what it means to you, but then also the things that you're doing day by day at university, understanding why they are meaningful to you, why they matter. That's really helpful too. Accomplishment, as we go through our daily lives, you know, we accomplish things and we often don't even notice that we have. (laughs) That's the negative the tea bias coming in will notice what we haven't before we notice what we have done so as you're living through this period of change and transition and adjustment notice what you're achieving day to day what you're accomplishing and then celebrate those um there's no doubt that changes like this can be challenging um but you know you'll be achieving a lot along the way a huge amount actually so really celebrate and notice that and then finally the h in palmer is health and we've already discussed those here the four elements of health so I'm not going to go through those again but so hopefully you can see how PERMA you know and the well-being bucket and the fundamentals all connect together so just a few final notes about well-being as we draw this series to a close um we will continue to talk about well-being obviously going forward but um just to make a few extra points about thinking how you think about well-being you know, well-being is not a one-and-done thing. So, um, you know, lots of studies have shown that improving our well-being helps us to have more energy. It helps us to feel happier, healthier. We improve relationships. We become more productive, resilient. Um, 
lots of positive, lovely benefits of, of a high level of well-being. But ma- maintaining that well-being is a daily activity. Um, it's not like, so for example, if you take up running, you know, just going for that one run is not going to make you fit and exactly the same with well-being. Just, so it's about having that regular conversation with yourself, thinking about your well-being bucket and what you're inputting and what you're leaking and what you're inputting to other people's buckets too, because it's uh, you know, we're all living um, together and contributing to each other's well-being buckets. There's not a perfect level of well-being, so that's it's your choice. You know, you choose what level of well-being is right for you. Um, we're not defining that for you in any way. And well-being will ebb and flow as the challenges of life unfold. So be prepared for that and recognise that you need to be flexible. So something that worked two months ago might not work today and you might need to adjust and change things. And that's absolutely fine. The important thing is to, to be aware and, and to think about it and reflect on that. Um, if you're feeling struggle that you're struggling and you're feeling stressed, that's quite normal. It doesn't mean that you suddenly have no well-being. Um, it is possible for us to feel that we are struggling at times, to feel that we have, are stressed in an area of our life, but still to have a good level of well-being as well. And in fact, having that level of well-being is what helps us through those struggles and those stressful times. So the two are comp- you know, complement each other, but the stress and the struggle does not negate well-being. And I think it's really important to say that because we can walk around and say, I'm feeling so stressed and everything's so tough at the moment, which it might be, but then we forget to go, oh, actually, yeah, I'll, I've got to the end of the day, so now I will just take 10 minutes to think about my well-being and give myself the space to focus on something that I know is really good for me whether that's a nice long relax in a bath or a shower, watching your favourite film, you know, having a long chat with a friend. We're just making time for those well-being behaviours that really enhance your life. That's so important at times like that. So you're never too busy for a bit of well-being, is what I would say. You can always carve out a few extra minutes, um, even if it's just to stand outside and look at the sun or sunset and appreciate that, that will contribute to your well-being too. So that's all for now. We hope that this series has been helpful to you. There's been a huge amount of content in it, so it's perhaps worth going back and listening again to the past episodes. Um, You know, there's quite a few of them, we ask quite a lot of questions of you, so you could go back and, and review those and think again about those questions. And especially if maybe you've chosen your goal to be around one of the fundamentals, that might be good to go back and listen to that particular one. So that brings us to the end of the series, Fundamentals for Wellbeing, Dynamics for Thriving Through Change. And if you're new to this podcast and listening to this episode has sparked your interest, then browse through the episodes from episode 22 up to this one, episode 35. Also, you may like to access a couple of resources mentioned in this episode. The book mentioned by Elizabeth was Do One Thing Different by Bill O'Hanlon. And if you want to learn more about the PERMA framework, then it's useful to look at Dr. Martin Seligman's book, Flourish, A New Understanding of Happiness and Flourishing. It's an excellent read. So what is there to look forward to next on the Successful Student Transitions podcast? 
But we're really excited to announce the start of Series 4, Settling Well, Embracing Change and Thriving at University. In the UK, it's the beginning of the academic year and many first year students are busy preparing and packing up for the big move, Freshers Week and the beginning of their university experience. Settling Well, Embracing Change and Thriving at University is an eight week series for students on the move to university. In this series, we share tips for a smooth transition through the opportunities and common stresses of the early days and weeks of the first term. We challenge students to think about what kind of student they want to be, what kind of university experience they want to have, and how they're going to make that happen. And also, as parents ourselves, we know how challenging this moving to university experience can be, from knowing how best to support your young people through to adjusting to the reality of an empty or emptier nest once they've left. To support parents, we're publishing a parallel podcast series, Parenting Transitions, tips to help you thrive during the university transition. The first episodes in this series, Five Tips for the Move to University, will go live on Monday the 11th of September, so look out for that. Meanwhile, please help us to spread the word about this podcast by sharing with friends and family, and don't forget to follow us so we can keep you updated with all the episodes. Thank you for listening today. Bye-bye for now. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional help for any medical or mental health condition. Use of the information on this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own risk.